Hello and welcome to Comic Book Herald's Creanitators. I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com, and I'll be interviewing some of my favorite creators in comics about specific runs, graphic novels, or series, looking for their insights behind the work. Today, I'm excited to welcome Kirsten Thompson, writer of I Am Hexed, a ongoing kickstarted comic book. It's a political thriller set in a world of magic. And uh, these issues deliberately tackle issues of equality, bigotry, political divides, and police brutality. Again, all while being kind of this thriller in a world where witches and magic are very heavily integrated in uh, the goings-ons in Washington, D.C., in American politics. So, Kirsten, thanks so much for taking the time to join. Right off the bat, I wanted to ask you, uh, how did this project come to be? Well, it was after the 2016 election. And like many people, I was a little ticked off. And, and so I was thinking about, you know, cause I've always been, is, you know, thinking about sort of the way the world is and the ways it might be different, thinking how magic might be incorporated into that. And I just thought, what if you put a witch in Washington, DC, what would the power structure be like? Uh, what would witches allow themselves to do? How would they shape events or not shape events? You know, what is the interference policy as it were? Hmm. And so I came up with the character of Charlie and just putting someone in there who thinks she knows what's going on. You know, she thinks she's got it all figured out. She's got a job. She's got her, she's got her agenda, both, you know, political and magical. And then things kind of get topsy-turvy and she suddenly finds herself not so much in control, but trying to figure out what is actually going on. Be sort of, you know, behind all the, you know, sort of veneer of the polite talk and, you know, the newscasts and all that stuff. For sure. For sure. No, it makes a lot of sense. And it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely that post 2016, um, America, right. Which, which how could it not be right. If you're going to tap into that subject matter, there's, there's a ton of, you know, again, like you're, you're tackling a lot that's going on in terms of equality, bigotry, you know, police brutality specifically. Um, and it's looking at kind of witches as that extended metaphor, of it, like a lot of people want them out of of politics or out of America, right? And so you have these sides of again, like what is what is not really a debate so much as just open bigotry versus you know the the opposite of that. Um, how do you? There's so much to focus on, and I think we have this a lot in American politics right now too, where keeping attention on certain subject matters is difficult because there's so many problems all the time. When you're crafting this story, how do you decide what elements to sort of hone in on? Well, as you say, there is a lot going on. I was just talking to a friend of mine. And we were, I was saying it just never stops. You know, if you, mm -hmm. you're doom scrolling. You know, you could doom scroll all day and you just wind up in a corner sobbing. Uh, so I think that, you know, t you know, taking witches, you know, I mean, because they are a minority group and sort of looking at how minorities are treated in America, which is obviously terrible um, throughout history. It's not just now that they're being treated terrible. It's that now people are finally, a lot of people are waking up to this fact. Um, but looking at, you know, the, the witches is sort of not so much outing themselves as revealing themselves sort of happened in the 1960s, you know, civil rights movement type of thing. And sort of their growth mirrors some of the development in the country. But in other ways you have you know, like organizations that are witch specific that are sort of known, you know, the circle, you know, and so, so non-witches know about it, but they don't know what they do. Um, and so having those, their visibility, these sort of 
you know, there, it's like you could see a billboard for the circle, or you might see, you know, some circle icon for paint on a wall, but you're not going to encounter them, you know, in your local coffee shop. They're not going to introduce you with a business card. Mm-hmm. Um, so dealing with those things where you have different kinds of power structures and you have a lot of politicians, a lot of people in the country being very aware that they're people with magical abilities who could, who could do things, but they choose not to, but yeah. because of, you know, principle, you know, just because someone has an ability doesn't mean they're going to use it. And just because of there are magical things, doesn't mean those aren't violated, but, you know, there is another authority that's going to come in and clamp down on them. And then you have the politicians, you know, in Washington saying, well, why should, you know, the witches have their own power structure? Shouldn't we have the ultimate authority? Which is saying no. And if you push us too far, there's going to be problems, you know. So you've got some rumblings, you know, in the first, in these first issues where you're getting a sense that there is a bigger power struggle happening, but Charlie is dealing with a segment of it, you know, and you're seeing things happening in the background of some issues. You're seeing protests happening, you're seeing various things. There's, you know, which is rights being questions, um, you know, things like that. But this is also a character driven story in that we're focusing on Charlie. We're focusing on her ex-girlfriend and some issues there and her trying to just get ahead of this long enough to you know, get out of trouble. So yeah. sort of keeping on that target because, you know, you could go very big picture and obviously I have a lot of lore that is not making it into the books yet. Mm. You know, I'd love to do, definitely do deeper dives on a lot of things. But at this point, it's like, this is, this is where you're, you're stepping into the world and don't want to drown you in it yet. You know, just giving you hints that there's, there's more out there. Interesting. Yeah. So, so you've kickstarted the first two issues are, are out and available and you're in the process of the third issue uh, which has met your goal, which congratulations. That's awesome. Yes, thank um, you. But, I know that's always such a relief. I think, oh, thank God, we met our goal. Yeah, yeah. No, it's awesome. Um, and I, I imagine extremely relieving. How how many issues are you hoping to do? Uh, do you just kind of want to keep doing this until you you feel you're done with the story? Or do you have like an end goal in mind? Well, so this is the first arc. Um, so there are four issues in this arc. And so we have one more to do. I have I've started outlining another arc. And I don't know sort of, if, you know, if I'm going to kickstart or what format they'll take yet, but mm-hmm. I already know kind of, I have bullet pointed the second arc. So I know where the story is going right now. And so it's been leading towards this and the way the fourth issue will end opens up a lot of possibilities. So it's just a matter of sort of deciding where that goes, but I have, you know, all four issues are already written uh, and just it's a matter of you know, kickstarting them and then putting them into production and getting them out into the world. Cool, cool. That's awesome. So you've had this success with Kickstarter since I think it looked like late 2018. You've successfully funded these books. Um, what do you think has driven the success of the books funding? Like in terms of because there's there's the creation aspect, but then there's the marketing aspect of getting people excited about this and, and getting them to actually pledge their dollars right to support it. Um, what do you think you are able to do, or is just inherent to the story? That has that has uh, helped you, you know, get these things out into the world. Well, I think for one thing, you know, the art is incredible. I've been lucky to have you know, a lot of great artists, you know, willing to work on the project and, you know, letter as well. Um, so I think that certainly, if you don't have a book, you can have a great story, but if it's not well illustrated or well lettered, <laughs> I don't know where you're you think you're going to go. Mm-hmm. So I think that definitely plays a part in it. I mean, it's gorgeous to look at, and I'm I know I'm biased, but I love looking at the book <laughs> oh my gosh it's amazing people decided to they wanted to be a part of this and yeah you know, i have a book yeah. uh, so that's definitely you can never underestimate that but i think also 
this is a story about queer people. It's not about them being queer. It's they're queer, but they're witches. They're queer, but they're in the middle of a political conspiracy. And I think there mm -hmm. needs to be more stories where it's just queer, queer people. They happen to be queer, but that's not the story. It's not a coming out story. It's a we're on the run because magical and non-magical authorities are coming after a story. Yeah. You know, and I think that's easy to identify with. And I've seen criticism on Twitter where people say, I just can't identify the story because they're queer. Like, really? You can't identify with someone, you know, getting a new job or, you know, falling in love, you know, in general, you know, it's like, there has to be that. Not every story has to be a coming out story. Not every story should be a tragedy, certainly, because we've got a ton of those. So I think there needs to be a wide range of stories. It's like, we need to have as many stories about small town um, romances between lesbians and gay men and, you know, bi people and non-binary people, trans people, as we do, you know, Joe and Jill from the big city, you know, we need to be inundated with stories so we can just say, oh my God, it's another one of these, but it should be that normal, but it's not yet. So I think that having stories that explore different territory is really appealing. And certainly I would have wanted to read a bush like, well, there's witches and they're queer and they're doing all these cool things. They're chasing each other on broomsticks. I mean, there's a accidentally carnivorous plant, you know, it's all these different elements. <laughs> right. Saying, yes, the accidentally carnivorous plant, which I'm very fond of. It's like when I was writing, it just happened. It's like, oh, well, that's a thing. <laughs> so it was really enjoyable to have that surprise. So yeah, I think there's different reasons that books are successful, but I think it comes down to a, a wide range of factors. You just sort of put it in a pot or a cauldron, as it were, and blend it up and throw it out in the world. And, people like it yeah yeah absolutely no i you touched on what was definitely going to be one of my one of my talking points which was you know i love how casually queer i am hexed is it, it's just integrated into the fabric in a way that feels totally natural and and you know just like you're saying it's not it's not the focal point of the story it just is who these people are and and that is and then there's other lots of other going ons right in in terms of the the action and these coven that's out to get them right and these sorts of things um i when i was looking into this i saw that you had written an article uh in the wake of star wars uh the most recent trilogy called give us queer heroes already oh, yeah. and it was no it's 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 a good essay you know it's been a number of years um oh, yeah. but it's but you can totally see like that that kind of argument that you're making there now integrated into your own work where you're like yeah okay i'm just gonna do this <laughs> this thing because yeah, other because people aren't yeah, because I've noticed that it's, and there's a lot of reasons why, you know, companies like that haven't done it, you know, and I'm not going to get into every single detail, but yeah, if, if they're not going to give us those stories, then we need to make those stories, you know, and that's why when we do get a story, I'm not speaking specifically in my work, but when we do get a story that hits those points, you know, people are just like, we are starving for that kind of content that's positive. Mm -hmm. I mean, like She-Ra, you know, I mean, that blew up in a big amazing way this past year for good reason because it's so well done it's not you know this is a morality tale or this is a teaching moment it's these you know there are teaching moments built in there's all these things built in but it's just it's so joyful you know and ultimately it's not tragic you know and i think that's that's often a trap you know that that um, lgbtq media falls into it's like well they've got to suffer <laughs> you know mm. they've got to earn it like what you know there's so many shows and books where people don't earn it you know they just sort of tumble into it literally trip and fall into the arms of love and everything's fine like, well why can't it be fine for everybody you know there we do need stories of adversity you know uh but we also just need stories that are fun you know that are just fluff you know because otherwise 
you know, what's going to feed us, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. No, it's interesting. So it, this, this book, um, I am hexed. It's, it's definitely like, yeah, it, it is in that fun, pretty light nature, but at the same time, again, you like, you are tackling some pretty big themes. Uh, in particular, there's like this, you know, there's this tension on police brutality that occurs in the, yeah. you know, like there's a, there's a shooting and one of the, witches, I believe a protester is shot. Now you, you wrote this scene a couple of years ago. Obviously it's not new, right? Police yeah. violence, like all this stuff is not new, but obviously there's an attention on it now that has increased significantly um, for, for black Americans, for, for BIPOC people, you know, globally, right? Like, has that changed the way that you are writing the story? Um, as you said, you've kind of scripted out these, these issues, but has it changed your approach to like, Hey, I, I maybe need to go back and tackle some things because there's so much that I, I think just everyone is absorbing and learning about this right now. How has that impacted you with these, with that story beat? Well, certainly, you know, as events have changed in some ways, you know, improved in others and not improved in many more, um, you know, before I, even before we go into production, you know, I, I go in, because I've, as I said, I've written out issue one through four, but I certainly go back and I look at them and say, okay, is there something that we need to tweak? You know, is there some part that needs to be expanded? I mean, there's only so much you can add in, you know, in an issue, you know, I mean, there's things right. I'd love to just dig into, but that would just have to be a separate storyline. So just making sure that I'm carrying those threads through. And certainly, you know, if I'm able to do another arc of it, I would love to dig into some more of these issues because obviously things have not changed, you know, and I would have hoped that, you know, the world had improved, you know, in the four years since I dreamed up this concept, but it hasn't, you know, we are in this horrendous situation right now. And I think that I'm, I don't know that I would write, I am hex pandemic because I think that just, I think mm. that's not necessarily a story that needs to be written. I, not sure that people really want to watch that stuff or read that stuff right now. And I certainly don't know if I want to write it while I'm quarantined in my home with my cats. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, I don't know. But I think that certainly the attention on those things needs to be, there needs to be the attention on those things. And we need to make sure that we don't let up on it. Because I think too many people are hoping that we forget it. You know, that we right. back to, you know, back to, you know, things being most normal but it's like no it's normal for a group of people it's not normal for everyone other mm. people's normal is the you know the protesting you know people being shot for nothing you know so i think that um there was the reason i put it in there there's a reason why i would not leave it out of future books i mean the you know the protests and you know the ongoing sort of social justice work that's being done um i mean you know seattle and portland you know, protesting for i mean they're not giving up you know i mean the media may not want to have potential on this, but I think it's important to show that in works, even if it's not, this is a story of protesters. It's like, no, this is stuff that's happening in the world. You know, don't forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, very good. What is your uh, favorite protest sign to come out of I Am Hex? Do you have a lot of pretty good ones? Do you have a, a favorite? I, I literally, it's so hard to choose. I mean, I love Born Hex, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, witches, you know, you know, blah, blah, blah letter word i mean things like that i mean i would love to just blow them all up and put them on my walls and put them on my lawn although <laughs> right my would just say, what the heck is this um but yeah i think that it's fun to play with those sentiments in terms of magical but also so there's just some really good protest signs out there you know some succinct some smart ones some heartbreaking ones you know sure. so i think you know when we were coming you know because i've you know talked to my editor about you know sort of okay what do we want show in the background or talk to the artist and 
it was you know interesting to say okay well let's what are we putting out there um and yeah i love all the protest sign designs they're, they're really really cool yeah, no, it's a, it's a fun element of the book for sure. Um, like you said, it's it's an important element as well. Uh, so it, f- coming back a little bit to the the fact that you are kickstarting these things, do you have any like tips or ideas for people creators who are interested in doing the same thing that have been a benefit to you as you've been managing getting these issues out? Yeah, I was literally talking to a friend of mine uh, before this call, another call about um, Kickstarter. I think that I always think, you know, being really organized, I mean, it sounds, you know, really obvious, but being super organized, you know, budgeting everything and then budgeting for the unexpected, you know, um, planning for, you know, hoping, okay, well, these are awesome search goals we could have, but just saying, okay, well, making sure to pay people. I mean, I think that is quite the priority. It's just making mm-hmm. sure that you're paying your collaborators because I've seen so many Kickstarters that, that you hear the collaborators didn't get paid, you know, it's like, <laughs> You know, they did all this work, they didn't get paid, or something happened. So I think having a really good plan in place, and then alternates, you know, if you made, you know, this much, you know, what what is the minimum you need for your book? Here's what is your dream goal? You know, how, you know, the glossiest pages, the highest card stock, you know, have those out there, but say, okay, what do we need to make a good book that people are going to want to, you know, go back and reread? You know, and I think that's, you know, making the best book possible so was a priority. Sure. Right. Yeah. Now it's, it's funny how it, that can almost get lost in the shuffle of, of all the details and the specifics and, and actually distributing things and, you know, stretch goals yeah, and stuff like that. Swag is amazing. You know, I love swag, but I think that making sure that you put the priority on doing the best, you know, if it's a card set, a tarot deck or what have you, or if it's a game or it's a toy, making sure you make that the priority and that's okay. And then supplementally is all the cool, you know, toy stuff that you get to put on your walls or whatever. Right, right, for sure. Um, can you tell us what's coming up in I Am Hexed or just like other work or stuff you've got going on that you want to plug? Uh, sure. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, issue three has been funded on Kickstarter, right? Uh, so we're hoping not to have as big a lag time between three and four um, in terms of the next the final Kickstarter for this arc because the world happened. You know, we were going to kickstart early in the year, but stuff happened. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, I signed, you know, with, with an agent recently this year to do a book called Sky So Red, which is a story about a queer mermaid and a queer pirate who team up uh, to go on an adventure and save a hapless prince. Awesome. And so, no, you know, that's no word on when that's coming out, but that is something that's in the works. And, and then I'm always writing other stuff. I mean, I've got a graphic novel right now that I'm revising and I'm outlining another one. So always writing i don't know what i'd be doing if i wasn't writing (laughs) sure very cool good deal all right people can check out i am hexed i recommend it there is still uh, a little bit of time as we talk here to check out the kickstarter i guess actually one thing i don't know about kickstarter in general is once the campaign is done like for issue three for example can people can you like posthumously (laughs) get access to those books how does that work is it like if you're not in in the time frame do you not is there not a way? Um, I think it depends on the project. I'd have to look up the specific rules because I know we, you know, I am Hexed has a site, so you can also like pre-order stuff, you know, and okay. then you can also order some of the swag usually uh, off the site. You know, not not all of it, but you know, you can actually pre-order the book and say, well, once we sort of have it 
production schedule and say, okay, it's going to come out now. Um, mm -hmm. Then we can say you can pre-order the book for delivery in blah, blah, blah month. You know, so once things are settled down after sort of the chaos of the Kickstarter, then we get those things updated on the site. So it's just imhex.com. Okay, cool, cool. We can include a link there in the show notes as well. But yeah, no, this has been fun. Again, the book is, it's like you said, it's a great looking book, um, amazing art. It's a really fun story. And uh, I was I was impressed. So I was glad to to check it out and wanted to talk to you about it because it's, uh, it's a good work. It's a, again, I think kind of vital work um, in the terms of the subject matter and everything. So I'm I'm hoping that, you know, uh, issue three being successfully funded here is a, a good sign of things to come and you can start digging into that that deep lore that you, I'm sure, have yes, have written I'd out love as to. well. I mean, I really, I have all kinds of, I mean, I've got a second art planned. I've got thoughts about, you know, which is throughout history in this in this world. I mean, yes, mm. I have a lot of stuff I would just love to write. Right? So, so do you have like a, do you have like an alternate history of like the U.S. where this is, this is the status quo? Like, is that kind of the, the framework you're looking at? An alternate history of the world. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I'm not going to get into it now, but yeah, there are a lot, you know, not necessarily everything would have changed, but there's certain key events or the way that things have developed that are different in this world because witches have been around and you know, certain times in history, they're more well-known, you know, and then you have things like you know, Spanish position and witches going underground. And so, uh, sure. yeah, a bit of an alternate history. And there are certain time periods that I'd love to explore, you know, certain genres that, which is actually fit in better than I think they're given credit for. So I'm just definitely down to write those. That's cool. I like that. Uh, final question, a, a detail in your Kickstarter bio that I wanted to know about, you worked as a linguist on Kim and Kim, uh, yeah. which is a book I really dug. What, what does that role entail? What does that mean? Um, so in volume two of Kim and Kim, you may have noticed that there was a dialect used at times. Yeah. You know, they spoke. Yeah. So I helped um, Mags, what Mags did is she reached out to me and said, I want to develop a dialect specifically. And so what I did is I, because I got my BA in linguistics. And <laughs> so I went back to my books and all my sources and developed a dialect, which is um, if, if a language developed over you know, several hundred years and perhaps in isolation or with minimal contact, what would it look like? So taking different, you know, saying, okay, here's how these linguistic uh, behaviors developed in our world and then how might they develop further in the future hmm. so yeah it was a lot of fun i mean i'd love to do more linguistic work because obviously i like words a lot mm -hmm.